Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Mind and Body Podcast. I have today Bree Taylor, who's a behavior, behavior therapist, breathwork facilitator, and yoga teacher. And I met her through a mutual friend, Brittany Souza of the Bar and Pilates Collective. Hi, Bree. How are you? Hey, Nadia. I'm doing great. Thank you. And yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being here today. As I mentioned, some of your um, qualifications, I would love for you to share a little bit more what you're doing now for um, what your specialty is, because you do so much, but what do you focus on the most? I really, really focus on the mindset and behavior. So my background in a behavior therapist has kind of driven me towards a more holistic approach. And so I do still look at behavior and habits and patterns, but addressing it from more holistic perspectives, using breath work, using mindfulness, using yoga. So I kind of have together. That's great. <laughs> and I think that makes you, that makes you a standout. And um, so like, because it's so unique, what, how did you know that this is the formula that you wanted to offer clients um, over time? Well, I definitely didn't in the beginning. It kind of just was one of those natural evolutions. I went to school and received my degree in applied behavior analysis, which is behavior therapy, cognitive behavior therapy, and the like. And from that, um, I've been doing it about a decade. Love it. I love behavior. I love data. I love seeing results. But what was missing is um, I worked primarily with the special needs community, brain injury, autism, um, language deficiencies. And the biggest thing I realized is with the data, these people were not people. They were numbers and they were data. And so I kind of started to notice school settings and in my clinical settings. And that kind of just naturally, um, I got my yoga teacher certification and I started including yoga movements and breath in between each of the skills. And I realized that in every single one of my students, the attention increased, the bond and the mutual respect between myself and the student increased. And it just was night and day difference by including five to 10 minutes of stretches or breath. And so that kind of started to become my focus. And I gradually went the clinical setting of behavior to teaching mindfulness and yoga paired with behavior to where I could start the morning off with these different skills of centering in, moving your body, just kind of starting the morning with ease rather than the rush. And throughout the day, the kids would increase in their abilities to perform, to retain, um, and just overall behavior was more positive. So that's kind of how I got started on the more holistic side. That's amazing. Like, and so how long was that process? Like, was this something that you knew right off the bat you implemented right away? Or did this take a couple of years to kind of like put together? It definitely took a couple of years. Um, being in the special needs industry, it's high rate of burnout. And I definitely had my burnout after my third or fourth year teaching just because there's a lack of support and I was realizing what my go-to was. I had to get to that yoga class at the end of the day to take those time off and really focus on self-care because I was just not making it. And I yeah. was working crazy hours too on top of it. 
So it was really just looking at what was working for me and seeing what these students were missing in their lives. And nobody was giving them the tools, it seemed, to kind of stop and process, take that extra time in the day and just be with it. Because these kids, and I mean, I work with adults too that have special needs, but they don't get a free pass like we do. Like if you're sick, you get to call in and reschedule. These kids don't get that benefit. It's just kind of, well, sorry, suck it up and show up. And mm. the techniques of stopping and kind of dropping into yourself and slowing that uh, parasympathetic nervous system so you can actually rest and digest that calm state, it was life-changing because it was life-changing for me as well. Right. Wow, that's powerful. Um, and so like you mentioned burnout and I have known a couple of people over the years that have worked with special needs. What keeps you going? Like what, what keeps you in like not just completely leaving, um, and helping those? I mean, I can guess what your answer is, but I'm (laughs) curious to know (laughs) what keeps you going. I love the challenge. Um, there there's something really beautiful that I've learned through all these years in watching and just observing these, these people in their natural state and beautiful because they don't deal with the day-to-day BS that we do, you know, status and competition and comparison. That's not really a priority. Right. And there's so much beauty in that because they just live in the moment and they have their own difficulties and hurdles, but viewing it through their eyes changes your perspective and really makes you look into your own life and see, okay, if I didn't have to deal with the nonsense, because really comparison and competition, it's, it's made up, it's dumb. There's a need for it, obviously, for some survival instincts, but otherwise it's stupid. (laughs) And process and deal with life without all of the same tools and from a different perspective than us, it just really is humbling. And I admire it so much. Like I've, I've learned so much about myself through working with these people and seeing the beauty in the little, what keeps me going. And just knowing too that there are not a lot of outlets for this population because in America, we don't really put a whole lot of care and money into mental illness, special needs, anything in those categories. And I love providing a space for humans, whoever you are, whatever your issues are to just kind of drop in and be in the moment to be held and to be heard and loved on and that's my favorite part. These these people deserve that as well. And I think so often we see what they can't do rather than what they can do. Mm, I love that, Brie. That's so off. Oh, that's so heartfelt. And it, it's genuine. Like, I can tell, like, you're really in this because you want to be. Um, how open-minded have people been to... Because I'm sure, like, I don't know. I mean, let me know. But, like, when you enter this field, there's certain ways they instruct you to work with special needs, adults, and children. How open has um, your place of employment or other places been to some of your techniques and incorporating new ideas? 
Well, when you're within the school system or a clinical setting, you don't have a lot of flexibility or leeway. So I would teach, uh, I'd say five to 15 minute sessions of yoga here and there, just whenever I had a child one-on-one or a small group. And I'd kind of sneak it in here and there. Then I transferred to a private school and I had a little more flexibility. (laughs) To be honest, I just kind of got fed up with the system and seeing these kids being herded through just year after year and not making a lot of progress. And so Mm -hmm. in 2016, in 2017, I actually opened a life skills center, excuse me, life skills center in Scottsdale. And it was for life skills and mindfulness only. So if your child was kind of falling through the cracks or just not at the level where they should be, You came here and Mm -hmm. if you're, say, 17 and you don't know how to feed yourself or clean up after yourself or help yourself in the bathroom with hygiene, then that's your priority. It's not to learn algebra. You know, it's not to learn these skills will always be there to help you with. You need to learn the basics to help yourself and feel confident. And so that's all we did was life skills. And every single morning we started with 30 minutes yoga and mindfulness and just kind of getting your body set and your mind ready where you are, what you are getting ready to do for the day. I, I love that. And so is that center still open? I actually closed it um, 2019 in December because I've started to shift from working primarily with special needs to women. So I'm now, I'd say 30% special needs because I still teach on the side. But otherwise, Mm -hmm. I'm more focused on working with women and working on that mindset and those behaviors because in needs, I realized a lot of the kids couldn't get the help they needed because the parents didn't have the education or the tools. And so I started working with some moms one-on-one on the side, and that kind of had me go from special needs to the parents to now working generally with women. I've realized it's a pattern. (laughs) Yeah, like it's just so interesting how life kind of just directs you. Like you're still like helping people along the way, but it's directing you into a different path and a different group of people. And it's it's smart because like, yeah, maybe the women don't have the not maybe they like you just stated, they don't have the education. Maybe they don't have the support because I know that that's a huge financial burden. So maybe like certain things are probably slipping through the cracks and what the child needs, et cetera. So tell me more, like, now that was, that's amazing that, not amazing, but it's interesting (laughs) that you closed it right before the pandemic. I mean, like the timing. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine going through that with what's going on. Everything happens for a reason. (laughs) Exactly, right? Um, But since closing um, and working primarily with women, what, what have been some of the highlights of that? Because I noticed in your bio, you said through your own journey, you felt stuck and unmotivated. And has that personal point of view, personal um, journey of your own helped you help people in a deeper way because you've been there? Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, you are an expert at your own life. And if I were to try to teach people about things I hadn't experienced or had no knowledge about, I would just be guessing. And so by using my own struggles and my own hurt, it creates a special little niche of people that 
I can connect with and that I can help work through their issues because in some ways I have an upper hand with behavior and strategy. Just, I mean, that's second nature for me. And if I have the tools to be able to help people and if I pair it with my own struggles, then it's beautiful because it shows my weakness and it shows that you too can get through this. All right. So 1000% my struggles have completely helped me with every project I've ever done in my life. And it gives me, I feel like extra compassion and empathy towards people because you're not just speaking at them. You, you feel it with them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. I totally agree. I, I feel similar to you. Like, um, you know, oftentimes when you take a class as an instructor, people see the end result of like, you know, your physique and your mental status at the end. And so like, I always remind people, we all start somewhere and I've definitely been at the starting point, like everyone else. And I feel like the more relatable you can be to a client or a student, um, the more honest and vulnerable they, they can be with you. So I think that that's great. Um, so my next question is like, you have so much going on and I love it. Like Reiki cacao, cacao ceremony is that yeah. right? and holistic nutrition. So first of all, cacao ceremony, what is that? And I'd love to know what that is. And I'd love to know how you sprinkle all these little specialties into um, your services, is it customized per person or do you find a way to weave it in with everyone you work with? Um, it kind of depends. So in my one-on-one breath, I always offer cacao and with my group sessions, we always, well, not always, but typically open with cacao. So cacao is a heart medicine. <laughs> and okay, yes, if you've never heard of it, it stems from South America and South America is where I received my yoga teacher certificates both times um it is a beautiful and intimate chocolate it's just 100 straight chocolate um you pick it off the tree you grind it and it makes this thick incredible um very rich and very bitter drink beautiful and it opens up the heart chakra and it it opens you up to receiving and healing. Just, yes. Want to know more? Google cacao and firefly cacao is an incredible place to start. Um, but I'll just leave okay. you there. Don't tell too much. That sounds awesome. <laughs> when I first okay. tried it, Go ahead. I was like, what? A drink will make you be open and think whatever. And yeah. I am a big fan of plants and it works. <laughs> Wow. So, um, yes, so we do cacao ceremonies. Um, I used to lead new moon and full moon ceremonies every two weeks. And that was where we would open up with intentions and sharing and drink our cacao. And we'd sit together and breathe. And then at the end, we'd close together, share any piece that was on our mind and just really connect to that community and that openness. And everybody's there. So you're vulnerable. And I just found it to be a full connector and help kind of people ease into it who are a little nervous because you're drinking something that tastes amazing. So you almost don't, you kind of are easier to forget about it. Just like if we all go out to dinner and chat over some chips and salsa and margaritas, everybody just kind of eases in. 
Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of combining. Where do you get, where do you get, because I know cacao and I was like, when I saw a ceremony after I was like, okay, what am I (laughs) So I love how, I love how you explained it, but where can you get like the purest, because you know, there's so much out there. Like if you, for listeners, where could they get the pure form of cacao if they, they were looking to partake in like a cert, because I'm sure you're doing these things now virtually. So if they wanted to participate on it. Um, and have the right things in their kitchen where where do you suggest they look i buy mine from south america because in stores you will not find 100 percent real cacao you'll just find the powder cacao um i buy it through uh, a source called firefly cacao or keith's cacao keith is like the number one chocolate shaman guru he's known for his cacao and ceremonies that started down in lake um oh i'm losing the name Guatemala right on the lake it's beautiful and the Mm -hmm. ceremony of it is just really taking in the cacao breathing it breathing to it taking it into your heart it's a very spiritual and chakra connected ceremony I love it it's amazing if we ever get a chance we'll have to do it together virtually since you're in Boston oh my god yeah (laughs) I'll work on that I love learning (laughs) Okay. And then like with the holistic nutrition, um, can you dive in a little bit more about that? Like what does that entail? Yeah. So um, my certificate certification, wow, can't talk. Certification is in holistic <laughs> nutrition, which looks at the whole body. So it's almost like an Ayurvedic perspective where you're not just looking at what goes into your body. You're looking into what's the fuel, what's your body type, um, supplements, looking at the chakras, what are you deficient in? It's really taking an assessment of the whole body. And I really connect with this type of nutrition because when you, I mean, in America, our food pyramid and nutrients is craziness. And a salad through the drive-thru is not going to be a healthy salad because of all the (laughs) chemicals and junk that is in a dressing dumps onto this lettuce that is, you know, this lettuce and salads is usually dead and white and looks terrible. Yeah. So you think you're eating yeah. this healthy thing when actually some salads are equal to a Big Mac. And so yep. it really is going into the education piece of what is nutrition and what is going to fuel your body to work at its ultimate highest rather than just kind of getting by and slowly becoming acidic and then getting disease and cancer over time. Oh man, you are a woman of many (laughs) talents. I'm loving, I'm loving this chat. You have so much to offer your students. So, um, before we go, I would love to hear because you, you've helped so many people, so many different people. Is there a standout heartfelt story that you always remember? Like someone that you really, uh, whether it's special needs or a woman that you're currently working with or previously worked with that really sticks out in your mind? Yes, I have a special needs story and a typical story. Um, for the past, let's see, I guess it was four to five years I worked with this one student. She was amazing. She's still my little bestie. She just blossomed through the last five years that I worked with her. And this was a girl who would get frustrated and angry just because she was simply un- 
misunderstood. She was also nonverbal. So how frustrating is that? (laughs) But Mm, she was this little super rigid body stick and we would sit and say maybe two minutes. Like that's all she could tolerate. And we would just practice and practice because I wanted her to realize how to take control of her body, take control of her attitude, and to also increase flexibility and get more comfortable in her body because it was just so rigid. You could see the pain in her muscles. Well, just year after year, chipping at it Monday through Friday, this little thing went from not being able to touch her knees, to being able to sit down, to being able to bend, to being able to hold her knees to her chest. And she can do a whole Mm. 30-minute yoga flow. And now, like, she will come to me and sign more. Like, she will ask for yoga now. And that just warms my heart because I know she now has tools to go escape, be with herself, find some peace, you know. And that's all I want. Like if I could just give her a sliver of a tool to increase her happiness and to make her little world better, I've done it. Like it just warms my heart to watch her ask for more and to go through the motions when this girl was not going to do anything for me in the beginning. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And you built like that trust and you impacted her life tremendously. So like, and for her, that's the difference between a short life and a long life because Mm -hmm. couch or sitting in a corner, which unfortunately a lot of special needs, that's what you end up doing. The, the iPad's a beautiful babysitter (laughs) and it's just not okay. I mean, it's not okay for you or I mentally. So why would it be okay for her or anyone similar? Right. So yeah, if that just, oh. I'll just leave you with that one. Cause that's my story. It just warms my heart. That's a good one. <laughs> I was like, I don't think you need another one. That was so good. <laughs> oh my gosh, Bree. I'm so glad we connected and I'm so glad to hear your story and, and hear how, how much you're helping people. Can you share with everybody how they can find you? And if they want to work sure. with you, where they can My go? Instagram is breathe with Bree and my website is breathwork with breed.com yeah look perfect thank, thank you. you so much thank you just you can hear your joy and your spirit and i'm so happy we connected oh thanks Bree. <laughs> um i i feel the same way i feel like i know you and um and i feel like because you were cool with Brittany, i was like she's gotta uh, be cool Brittany too is so. incredible. Like, she's totally our this. jam you know yeah. that confident <laughs> a collaboration over competition and just so much babe love. She's amazing. Yes. And, and the more you connect with more women like us, I feel like just growing a supportive tribe is just so essential, especially now. So I'm glad that we were able uh, to connect. Thank you so much for being uh, on Oh, Thank you so much for having me. You're amazing and keep shining light and doing what you're doing. <laughs> you Thank you. Well, See you soon, Nadia. Okay. Bye. See you soon. Bye-bye.